The second of the four of special Shabbatot before Passover is today. And it is named after the first word of the Maftir reading, Zachor. So this is really a reading from the book of Deuteronomy. And it says, remember. So let us do this teaching together. And we will do this like Occupy Wall Street. You know what that is? Like I'll say the lines, and then you'll say it with me, after me. Okay? So that we fulfill the mitzvah of remembering. Because in, in our, um, at Romimu, our Mar Atra, our spiritual leader, Rabbi David Ingber, has encouraged us in the interest of time and other considerations that we will only be bringing out one Torah even on, on, um, on Shabbat Zachor. So, Occupy Wall Street, here we go. You'll do this with me. Passover is named after the first word of the, of the Maftir reading, Zachor. Zachor. Remember, Amalek's cowardly attack upon the weak and the weary as they trudge through wilderness. Okay, this is my, my, um, my rendering of it, okay? So, we are commanded, we are commanded. to remember, to remember what, Amalek did. what Amalek did, and we are commanded, we are commanded to, wipe out Amalek's memory. to wipe out Amalek's memory. So the rabbi said that we wipe out this memory by reading the passage publicly. And at Roma today, in the spirit of Occupy Wall Street. Shabbat before Purim. Why? To connect wiping out the memory of Amalek to the practice of blotting out the name of Haman. Boo! Haman was a descendant of Amalek. Okay, you see, by you repeating this, we are fulfilling the mitzvah. Okay, so remember what Amalek did to you. What he did to you on that journey. After you left Egypt. How undeterred by the fear of God. He surprised you on the march. And you were weary, unsuspecting, and you were cut down from the rear. Therefore, when the Lord our God grants you safety from all the enemies around you, in the land that the Lord your God is giving you as your inheritance, you shall blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Do not forget. We have fulfilled the mitzvah, I believe. Are you in accordance? If you are, say amen. Amen. amen.
we continue with our regular scheduled programming. Parashat Tetzaveh. So remember, we were looking at Ahava, the prayer Ahava, right? Ahava Rabbah. So Ahava Rabbah is so connect, was connected to our Torah reading by the Ishbitzerab Rabbi. And he was pointing out this, these lines and these, this sentiment of Ten Belebeinu Lehashkil, place in our hearts, almost like preparing your hearts this kind of fertile fertility so that you can know, so that you may listen, so that you, may be, you would be an, of open heart to observe and to guard. And he says, Rebbe says that each word in a Habaraba prayer is as if you are layering different garment upon garment worn by the high priest. The breastplate, not to protect and not to prevent, but rather to give you the weight of decision. The me'il or the coat of 72 bells and the gemunim of pomegranates. As you walk and you swish and you hear this magic of ringing, I am hearing, you swish and you, sh and you sway and each movement you take an action, a verb, into the world. How strange, then, that in this Torah reading, we are commanded. Oh, wait, we. Who is being commanded? Who is being tetzabed? The Israelites, it seems. But there is a you that's being tetzabed, being commanded. And there's no name. We don't know who it is, but you and I would surmise who would it be? Moses, right? But then when there's no name, as when we notice often that women are not named, right? In, in, a, lot of our, um, in a lot of our readings, you can somehow assume maybe it's for me, right? Maybe I am being commanded to this day. So... One of the commandments is that you are to instruct the making of garments for Aaron and his sons. Because Aaron and his sons have been voluntold, as we were looking at um, earlier this morning in, um, in, Parashat, uh, in, in the open book. They, were not, they didn't volunteer. No, that was last parasha, right? When we were like being Nadav Lev, right? like our Nadav volunteering his heart. Uh, now here, it is being told to fashion cl clothing that would be befitting of their position. But then when you're asked to create something out of nothing, what do they have? You hear of dolphin skins, really? You hear of wools and linens, really? They traveled through the wilderness with, with all that? I know my grandmother kept a trunk of silks and, and woolen things, uh, of scarves, and that traveled from the United States to the Philippines, and, but then she didn't use it anymore. At a certain point, the silks crumbled in my fingers. So how can you even imagine 
that they would fashion something out of nothing. So I'm thinking of, brings me back to Bereshit bara Elohim, from the very beginning of creation, that it says that in the beginning created the divine, what? What? We don't know, right? Eventually it would be the whole, the whole Megillah will be created. But it says in the Bereshit, in the heart of Bereshit, there must be an answer. From what was it created? From the head? Targum Onkelos, one of these tractates, uh, teachings of, um, of Midrashim, talks about Bereshit as Bikadmin, at the beginning. But then, later, the rabbis in, you know, were fa starting to fashion rabbinic literature, in uh, Targum Reshalmi say, oh no, Bereshit means Bechochma, with wisdom. That God, as it were, created with wisdom. So not so much when, in the beginning, but how, with what? With, right? So they're saying here now, with wisdom. So if God creates with wisdom, but Bereshit with the head, okay, I'm sort of putting it together, the heart and the head together, when they say levav, right, this kind of Jewish head is, and Jewish heart is here and here, right, at least, if you're going to locate it in the word levav. But, so now, if I'm going to transfer that teaching to the teaching today, they're going to fashion something with wisdom. And precisely they said, lev, those who are wise of heart. Now, there seems to be a contradiction here. Are you qualified to create if you are skilled, possessing knowledge, or, or you have to be possessing ruach chokmah? Should you be just wise of heart, just be a wise person, right? Wise because you learn crafts, or should you be actually bestowed, gifted, this thing called Ruach Chokmah, wisdom, a spirit of wisdom? Confusing. So the rabbis answer with a story. So here goes the story. The Dubno Magid, a rabbi who was never for a loss of words, once spoke in a town. And a few of the wise people, those who were like enlightened in the community, came. And... After the talk, a skeptic came up and he said, you know, the sages say that words from the heart will penetrate the, the heart. Rebbe, I assume that you spoke from the heart. But your words somehow have no impact on me. They're not penetrating my heart. Why didn't your words penetrate my heart? So the Rebbe smiled and in his usual passion, how did he answer the story? With another story. So he goes, a simple person once went to the workplace of a blacksmith. Do we know blacksmiths now? Not really. Maybe somebody who's making horseshoes still exists. So this blacksmith was working in his workplace, right, in his atelier with bellows, right? This thing that sort of like you squeeze and air comes out. And after a few squeezes, he saw that the flame of the smith's fire were dancing furiously, 
right? So from a small flame, it grew. The simple man always found it kind, you know, himself, found it hard to start a fire. So he was amazed, and he said, I have to buy this thing. I got to get me one of those. So he bought it. I, don't, I won't tell you how, because I'm not advertising here. He immediately purchased this amazing invention. So he went home, and then he announced, I just discovered how to make this raging fire with this implement. He set a few logs in a cold fireplace, and then he began to push the two ends of the bellows. But the logs stayed lifeless. They were cold. Nothing. So he went for a refund. I'd like my money back. Lo Oved doesn't work. This blower does not work. The blower blows. The experienced blacksmith laughed, and he said, you are blowing on cold logs. Mapitom, what do you think? Start a small fire on your own. If you don't start with a spark, then the fire will never erupt. The Magid then turned to the wise people, the Maskilim, and then he said, if there is no spark to begin with, even the largest bellows won't make a fire. Right. So what is this small spark? The Malbim says that you have to fill your heart with some kind of spark. I mean, you have to find from somewhere something that will fill your heart for that small spark. What is that? How, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? They say mitzvot. They say, one of my teachers says, guide each one of your tendencies and your predilections toward embodying and ensouling mitzvah. Let's start with just even plain good deeds, thinking of others, actions of gemilut chasidim. Help each person, each being, become a shining light, a mitzvah unto themselves. And then even further, light, bring light into each chamber of your heart. So and if you are, if you are one of those who is drawn to this kind of teaching that the Rebbe's are bringing to us today, of lighting a small fire in your heart with an action, taking a verb, taking a swish and a sway of those bells, right? And choosing a swish or a sway to commit to some kind of action. Not forever. Let's say between today and the next Shabbat, one, just one, then this first Aliyah is for you. <clears throat> I'd, like, <clears throat> I'd like you to come up for this Aliyah. It will be a group Aliyah. And the Torah reading is on, uh, in the Humash is on page 503.